Welcome to Improv Interviews with Margot Escott, a psychotherapist in Naples, Florida, who is using her 35 years of experience to develop improvisation programs, benefiting and improving the lives of those with emotional and physical challenges. Improv Interviews brings together the world's leading improvisational theater masters, founders, and innovators who are using improvisation therapeutically in unique and surprising ways. With great guests that include legends like Ed Asner and Aretha Sills, you're sure to learn something new about improvisation. This is Improv Interviews with your host, Margot Escott. Well, today I have my great friend, Bright Sue, returning. This is part two of our interview. And today we're going to be talking about improvisation and spirituality. Hey, Bright. Hello, Margot. So happy to see you again. You're smiling. I'm so happy. And I am happy to see you. I'm really happy to see you too. Too bad our guests can't see us, but there's big smiles on our faces. And Bright is just the most wonderful friend. We met during a script to improv class, a sketch class, and we've been fast friends ever since. And Bright is living up in the Bay Area, and he's a wonderful improv coach, author, and all kinds of wonderful things. But today we're going into improvisation and spirituality. And let's start right off, Bright, with the idea that improvisation is Zen in Western context. Yes, that's interesting statement. (laughs) A deep statement. We try to make our topic interesting. I know we're going to talk deep today and hopefully it's not going to be boring. Never boring. You're never boring. Don't worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> when I see you, I can imagine the sunshine in Florida. So that made me so happy. And so, wow, going up all the energy and radiating from your, your hair, which the audience cannot see, but I can imagine the energy from you, Marco, from Florida. Get back to you. <laughs> in then in Western context, Yes. You know, improvisation, drama therapy, healing, and spirituality are all interconnected. As improvisers, we explore all different areas of our life in different angles. The deeper we explore, the more true the improvisation is a spiritual practice. Margot and other friends out there, I have a book about improv writing originally in Chinese. I have two key principles or two course about improv, which very much linking to Zen. As we know in Zen is a Buddhism concept of practice. In my book, I talk about the first core of improv is listening and observation which is in the core of the improv or also the core of the Zen or being mindful in every, every situation. And we know it's so important to be really, really into the listening. Yes, and mindfulness is a big word today here in America, at least, but it's really a Zen practice, isn't it? Yes, it is. We remind people so much on to be mindful to be a real listener there's a thing like this listening is the willingness to change 
So we open our mind and heart to be willing to change, to be in a relationship with the listener or to the speaker. You know, we are so much into different schools of thought. I want to share a kind of interesting quote from improv school founder, Groundlings, Gary Austin. Yes, yes. The quote goes like this. My aim is to be totally present in the moment. And when I'm totally present in the moment, I can do no wrong. That's the feeling I like to have. And I have it sometimes. If I had 100%, I probably already had gone off to heaven and would be enjoying eternal life from Gary Austin. <laughs> right. Can't be in perpetual bliss, I guess. <laughs> it's a lovely quote. Yes. The Zen is to be the current moment, to be listening, to be observing the current situation. So it's true in, you know, in improv. So when we on a stage or when we are playing games, so we are focused on the current moment. We are in the sync with our same partners, our players in the game, which we need to be quiet, you know, sometimes just kind of talk less. And so we can be in the moment. I'm going to quote another quotation from another spiritual teacher, you know, very famous in the U.S., Ram Das. Oh, yes. He's the guru of the modern yoga in the U.S., also a psychologist, I believe, as well. He says, the quieter you become, the more you can hear. Yes, I love that. And I love Ram Das. I actually got to meet him once. And it was an incredible. He had been my teacher for a long time through books, but meeting him was fabulous. The quieter you become, the more you can hear. What does that say to you, Bright? To be mindful, to be present, shut down our chatterbox in our mind. Like even sometimes we don't talk much. Like we pretend to listen to others, but at the same time, our chatterbox, the judge in our mind, still out there working hard. <laughs> Which is not a real quiet moment. Even our mouth is not moving, it's not talking, but our mind is so busy. In his quote, I understand in two different angles. One is be quiet, no talking, no burst of language from our mouth. The second is on to quieting our mind, be in the moment, let the chatterbox stop working for a little while. And that's how we really connect with the scene partner. If we're listening, but really quiet as well, observing, being present with another. Uh, yes, absolutely. Our mother of improv or the mother of modern improv, Violet Bowling, she has great things about being the present moment or focusing on the current moment. And she has a quote from her Bible, the book, Information for the Theater, in that book, there's a quote like this, a focus is the form of meditation in action and as a springboard into the intuitive. So a wonderful quote, focusing 
be in a moment meditating in, in action. And here's a quote I like from Bright Sue. Control your emotions by practicing breathing. You are your own chief energy officer. I love that. What does that mean? <laughs> oh, Marco, we know how important it is to be in the present moment, to be real listening, to be real observing. We know that either for the improv show or practicing Zen or other spiritual practices out there, but it's difficult to be in the moment. We cannot tell our intellect to be in the moment. It's not intellectual practice. It's more on to our spiritual practice, which we had to have an anchor point to go to. The briefing is a wonderful anchor point as long as we are alive, we are keep briefing all the time. This all go back to like my yoga journey, also the improv journey, like how I get to this point. If you don't mind, I can share a little bit about my journey on that. What do you think, Margo? Yes. In episode one, I talk about my journey. I came from China into the U.S. like 21 years ago. In 2013, I was with a company, a billion dollars kind of retail company. Just one day, I woke up, I went to the office. I heard the news. The company banned bankruptcy. Just fired chapter 11. I was shocked. I worked very hard at the time. I was a director in the department. And very soon, our associate left the company. I was under a lot of pressure at the time. Yes. Yeah, it was kind of painful, suffering, burnout, out, all different things. That was 2013. And 2014, my mom got ill, really, really ill. I went back to China, and then not long after that, and she passed away. Oh. And so all this kind of family in work, career challenge out there, I was in kind of the most challenging time of my life. Yes. I was in the pain, suffering, burnout, and working like 15, 16 hours a day. I needed help at that time. A few years back before that, I already got into improv practice, know some meditation practice as well. In 2015, I went in 10-day retreat meditation, which is Visapana meditation retreat. I started to practice yoga, flow yoga. Later on, I got into hot yoga practice, all different things. I tried different approaches. I got into different schools of practice, Zen practice, Tibetan practice. Also, the breathing practice and kind of active breathing practice, those are kind of like bellow breaths and other four, seven, eight breaths, different things out there. I wish I had more time to talk more into the details of those breathing practice. That was something or some time I got into my more serious spiritual practice. The 2013, 2014 was a moment for me to deep re-into the spiritual practice, also connecting improv with 
the spiritual Zen and Tao. Yes. One thing on to the briefing is a wonderful anchor point, a focal point to get to. We have emotions, of course. There's something like this about emotion in human being. Emotion systems attempt to monopolize the human brain resources. It's much easier for the emotion to control the brain than the other way around. So when we in the emotion, so we just cannot control the logical thinking. But if we turn it around, if we control our breathing, so we can control our emotions, which we can control our energy, we are in a better shape to control our logical thinking. And another thing I want to bring back to practice of yoga, it's with the entire body. And sometimes people are like just talking heads, whether, you know, Zoom, of course, we are talking heads. But sometimes we see actors just coming from their head and not embracing the full physical beauty of the human body. And in yoga, that that we learn to use different parts of our body. And it's like dancing, kind of. What do you think about that thought? Uh, absolutely. Mind and body, mental and physical are interdependent. They link together. As an improv practitioner or yoga practitioner, I have a kind of interesting approach. Take your methods in life, in our work or in our spiritual practice or improv practice. Take your methods, M-E-D-S, meaning meditation is M, exercise is E, diet is D, sleep is S, M-E-D-S, take your methods. Love that. Take your meds. <laughs> I love that. One of the spiritual teachers that I followed a lot, I still do a lot of reading, is Thich Nhat Chan. And I think you had a quote of his that you mentioned. Yes. Uh, he says, the most precious gift we can offer anyone is our attention. When mindfulness embraces those we love, they will bloom like flowers. It's just beautiful, just beautiful, and so true. And so, so much of our lives, I'm going to talk about the Western lives here, is you know, going from one place to another, doing one task, uh, and not really, and coming home, maybe plopping in front of the TV, and not really, really giving attention to those that are closest to us in the family. Right. We are really busy in our modern life. We are going out, coming in, I mean, home and office. We are busy all the time. Sometimes we just simply take two minutes me time, focus on breaths. That will make a huge difference. We just sit there observing our breaths, or we can do some active breathing practice. It could be pranayama, which is kind of control breath practice. And we bring our mind into the present moment. Also, we really with the people we are surrounded. Uh, yes, Margo, yeah, that's the first inner core in the Zen or in my book, Zen equal to improvisation. 
The second one I want to talk about is the principle of improv, which we are very familiar with, is yes and, which is the outer core of improvisation. You know, the heart of yes and is acceptance. It's not the case of always saying yes. You know, in life, we have so much things we don't want to have or so much things we want to have, but we don't have. The purpose or yes and it transform you from Mr. Visit to Mr. Acceptance. <laughs> if we can accept everything around us, treat it as a gift, everything is magical. And and you mentioned the connection. You say improvisation is Tao in Western context. And I think we have another quote by Viola Spolin in terms of that. And the Tao, the way, the divine. Yes, that will be something from a different perspective, from Tao perspective. How about this, Margo? And then later on, we get into that big topic. Now let's focus on the Zen angle, like how we link improvisation with Zen together. And then maybe 10 minutes for now, we're going to talk about Tao perspective. What do you think? That sounds great. Yeah, take the lead. <laughs> Go ahead. Yeah, I was saying yes, and it's more into the human motivation. Because SEN is very affirming, it's very positive, right? It go back to like human motivation. There's a very famous 20th century psychiatrist. He says something like this. The central motivation of human being is to belong and be accepted by others. You know, yes, the end is about acceptance. If in the troop, somebody accept me, accept my ideas, so I feel I belong to this group, which May it like welcoming for people to be connecting in a group. Yeah, that's something like from a psychological perspective. Imago, you are the psychotherapist and you have a lot of things to say about that. Well, yes, acceptance is number one. And, and so I think it was an Austrian psychiatrist you're referring to, to be long and to be accepted by others. And, you know, unfortunately, a lot of children grow up in homes where they don't feel they're being accepted and they're not being appreciated and they're not being meant to feel special. And that's such a gift parents can give. But belonging, we all need to belong. I know for me, when I started improv, I felt like I had found my real family. Finally, I fit in somewhere. I belong in here. Wow, that's beautiful. Belong to here, belong to the group, even belong to the current moment. Yes, and also about accepting the current moment. What's happening is what's happening, which is inevitable. If we accept that, yes, and to the current moment, everything is not a pain, not a suffering. Well, it could be pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional. Yes, that was just thinking of that phrase. Mind meld, mind meld. <laughs> yeah, yes, the end is a positive energy, a positive mindset. But how can we be yes, the end in our life or on a stage? And there's a kind of energy in our mindset. I'm going to quote something from a yoga teacher, a very famous but not so famous teacher, but she is the oldest yoga teacher in the whole world. Wow. And 
she lived for 102 years. She passed away a couple of years ago. Her name is Dao Pachong Lynch. She lived in New York. Uh, she lived from 1918 to 2020. She has a thing like this. Wake up every morning with a positive mindset. Whatever you put into your mind materializes. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. I've taught people to use affirmations in my therapy, and that's part of it, to use positive, I hate to say positive and negative, but to you, when you're starting to say something that's self-deprecating or um, hurtful to yourself, and you're saying it to yourself, let's reframe that thought and put it into a more loving mindset. That's a beautiful quote. Uh, Yes, wonderful quote. We set our intention in the morning. Every day could be a beautiful day. But Michael, you, today I see you like in my morning, I feel just a wonderful day. <laughs> well, I, I think everybody should have a theme song. In fact, I was doing at my therapy for a while. It was based on a show on TV called Allie and McBeal, where I first learned it. And um, anyway, I would give people a theme song. And one of my favorite theme songs to give people was that song Beautiful by Carol King. You've got to wake up every morning with a smile on your face. And show the world all the love in your heart. So we all need a theme song to keep us going into that positive mindset, I think. Uh, yes, that's a beautiful approach. A theme song to keep us up happy in the air. We maintain the positive energy and set intention. The music can be a wonderful tool also. Dancing, I know you are very much into dance. And may us happy. Evan. We can laugh fake. And I know, Mago, you are in the laughter yoga community, I believe. Uh-huh. Yeah. <laughs> I'm certified. <laughs> <laughs> oh, certified leader. Yeah, I am as well. There's a thing like this. Even we laugh fake, we pretend to laugh for a couple of minutes. And then the real happiness the endorphin will come to our mind. So we will start to feel as we are happy. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's contagious too. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yes. Another way to keep a year's end mindset, it could be go out, travel around, just be out of our home or our comfort zone to go out to see different people, different cities, different cultures out there. I'm going to make another quote from influential writer and humorist, Mark Twain. Mark Twain says, Shavo is fatal to prejudice, bigotry, and narrow-mindedness, and many of our people need it solely on those accounts. Yes. yes. Uh, I know you're going to go to New York uh, at the end of April, Margo, and you're going to have, see a lot of shows over there, see different people, different culture, and that wonderful journey ahead of you. No, it's just awesome. I Well, I lived in New York for about 10 years in Manhattan. So going back is always a thrill for me. And the energy and the liveliness, I'm very excited about that trip. Yes, travel is great. I wish I can go with you to New York in a month from now. I wish you a great journey and to your previous home. Yes, 
It will be fantastic. I have a wonderful companion I'm going with. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. <laughs> and then I might, I think I'll be in North Carolina in the fall for a Queen City Comedy Festival. And that's a wonderful theater that does a lot online and a lot globally, but there'll be an in-person festival. I can't wait to see everybody in real time. That'll be great. Oh, yes, just wonderful. Uh, our lovely friend, Carla Dingo. She is one of the guests in the show. Yeah. And she's wonderful. She absolutely is. Energy, unbounding energy. Absolutely. Improv brings people closer. Something you probably heard about uh, a thing like this. Comedy brings people together, but improv brings people closer. Yes. Yes. Improv, we're not trying to be funny, although things do become funny and humorous and we laugh, but it's it's wonderful that to get, I was talking about that in the sense of community and belonging. Comedy brings people together, but improv brings them closer. I just love that. You know, the guru or the improv pioneer, they are close to something like this, like differentiate the improv and the comedy is that the worst thing about improv is that someone put the word comedy after it. Totally agree with that. Yeah. And there's so much potential, you know, in improv. If we rejected the only T, comedy is very limiting and miss out a lot of possibilities of improv. There could so much richness in theater with improv. Of course, we love comedy, but comedy has different functions. You know, French playwright Moliere. Yes, yeah. Moliere is a 17th century playwright activist. Here's something like this. The duty of comedy is to correct men by amusing them. <laughs> <laughs> I got to repeat it again. Like, the duty of comedy is to correct men by amusing them. But improv, like in my opinion, the duty of improvisation is to accept men as they are, accept people as they are, yes, and to the people around us. That's my take on the improv. And that's a beautiful spiritual adventure when we accept people as they are, not wanting to change them because we can't change people anyway, right? But to accept them exactly as they are in the here and now. And that takes mindfulness because those old thoughts can come in. Those old thoughts of maybe judging and comparing. Uh, yes, that's right. It will come in and then as long as we in the current moment, we are able to be less judgmental, be more accepting on that. The good things in improv is we have a circle of friends and fellow improvisers to help us to be present. We have a community support group. I was saying the beauty of improv is about the people out there. And I'm so happy to meet you and get to know you in the past two or three years. Even maybe we know each other a little longer, but the past couple of years, we spend more time together. So you support me a whole lot. I learned already from you, Marco. In improv, improv is a journey of ourselves through others to ourselves, get into our own inner heart so we can grow as a person. Yeah, I think a lot of times I think improv is about discovery of self, 
being in these different situations, characters, whatever, but really making discoveries about who I am. That's one of the wonders of improv, I think. Kind of like psychotherapy. You get these insights. <laughs> uh, yes, absolutely. Yes. The psyche or the, what do you call this? The self-growth or the journey or from the iceberg into the bottom of the ice. <laughs> the model, you know that much better than me on that. And it's really never too late, never too much. Improv changes life. In improv, we trust. That's one of your mottos, I think. <laughs> uh, yes, improv is a life journey. It's a life practice. Just similar to the spiritual practice. We keep learning and learning even until the moment we go to heaven, which we will. I was thinking there will be a haven of improvisation out there we can go to. <laughs> uh, it's never too late, never too early. If we are at age of 30 or 40, 30, 70, and then we still get into the journey, it's never too late to do that. Yeah, improv will change the life. Oh, yeah. Well, I was 60 when I started, so I was kind of old, but I have a lot of life experience, too. And of course, sometimes when I was performing, I'd have I might have a reference and nobody really knew what I was talking about. But that's OK, because they yes anded me and they justified whatever I said. So and sometimes I would be given a suggestion. I didn't know who the character was. They say you're going to be, say, Taylor Swift or something like that. I had no idea who she was. I just made it up. And that's the we're making it up as we go along. Yes. You have a lot of value to bring in from your life experiences. Fortunate for the group. I'm glad you're sharing with me on that. The improv, yes, is a life journey. Earlier, Margo, you mentioned about the Dao perspective. Yes. How about we wrap out the topic for Zen perspective? Now we move into the topic or the angle or the opinion. Impartation is Dao in Western context. What what is Dao? Dao Daoism or Dao Da Jin is a Chinese perspective on to everything, or Tao is the way, or the divine. By the way, you know, W-A-Y, by the way, or via the way, it is the way that's bigger than the Milky Way. Is the underlying principle of everything, how the universe run in that case. In relation to Tao in Western context, we know the yes and yes and in Tao perspective is yin and yang. Yes is yin, which is feminine, passive, acceptive, and aesthetic. And is yang, which is active, masculine, providing, determinative, more in depth angle. So Yes, and it's matching very well in yin and yang in Tao. A Tao is philosophy, an ancient Chinese philosophy, which is very deep. I can link that to improv, how we look into improv from Tao perspective. Tao Te Ching is a very 
famous, probably the the second most read text in the universe. Wow! After Bible, I was thinking maybe number one, number two, something like that. Dao Jing is well widely read by the whole world. The fourth sentence in Dao De Jing is Dao Ke Dao, Fei Chang Dao, Ming Ke Ming, Fei Chang Ming. In English translation, the Dao that can be told is not enduring Dao. The name that can be named is not the enduring name. The import is the Dao is the way is the universal truth, universal principle. So when we put a rule on the improv, which you know we know the quite some rules out there in improv, such as yes and or don't ask question, etc. So when we put a rule into the improv or the DAO, it's not the enduring information anymore. So it's opposite of yes and or don't ask question. So either yes and or opposite yes and it's not the real DAO, it's not the real importation. For don't ask question, the other way around is ask a lot of questions or ask uh, some questions, which is not true for importation. So we either go this way or that way, go to one extreme or another extreme. It doesn't reflect a real DAO. Right. So because when we name it, when we tell it, and there's not a real DAO anymore. Yes. Yes. <laughs> then also we know the name, right? In improv, there's so many forms out there. Yes. Herald, montage, Amondo, or different forms. We put a name on improv. Now it's not the enduring improvisation. Any form we put a name. On that, it's not the enduring imperation. So the name, the naming, and the telling, even in language, when we put into language, is also limiting. So when imperation manifests into language, is limiting. It only tells one side of the story. There's a quote in Vaas Bowling's the book, the imperation for the theater. The first paragraph in the book is. Everyone can add. Everyone can improvise. Anyone who wishes can play in a theater and learn to be become stay worthy. Yes, it's very freeing. It's really liberating. But because it put into language, it doesn't tell the other angle of the equation. Not everyone can improvise professionally. Right. <laughs> We see a million kind of bad shows out there. People go on there, do kind of mediocre shows, not stay worthy. So that's also true, right? It's kind of this opposite of what Vals is saying in the first paragraph. So when we put a sentence into an angle of importation, it could be limiting. It only tells one side story. Right, right. You know, and that's one of the things I love is object work and movement. And sometimes when there's object work and actually silence, 
but people are communicating physically with gestures and you see it even more on stage, it can be much more powerful than any word that somebody could say. Yes, that's right. That's very empowering and the way and the angle to do improv when we put into language is a very limiting, but the pantomiming or proximity to each other or the primal voice or <laughs> also very empowering. It has a lot of meaning. But the three things I just touched earlier, Margot, I'm going to wrap up on this one about the rule, about the naming, about language. So any rule or any form or any linguistic passage, when we try to manifest importation from the rulers to the rule, from the formless to the form, from the speechless to the language, it's only one aspect of importation. It's not a totality of importation. It's not a totality of the Tao. That we could link importation to Tao in the first sentence in Tao De Jing. And the first sentence is? The Tao that can be told is not the enduring Tao. The name that can be named is not the enduring name. Another thing in Dao Ra Jing I'm going to share with you is Dao Chang Wu Wei Ao Wu Bu Wei is about Wu Wei. Wu Wei is a Chinese non-doing. And non-doing. If we translate that into English, that is the Tao never does anything, yet through it, all things are done. The Tao never drives, yet nothing is left undone. Wow. Wow. And it's non-doing, is being, doing versus being. Being is an ultimate goal to be real be real being you know human being funny things are human being actually human being is much more about human doing people are so busy doing a lot of things try to be busy or try to fit something right if we go with human being is being human let me repeat it again human being is being human <laughs> the funniest thing about this sentence, if you go from reverse to the beginning, it is the same. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. And there was a quote you said to me before about flowing water. Could you remind me about that quote? Flowing water does not compete for the first place. The normal mind is the way. Flowing water does not compete for the first place, the normal mind is the way. What does the word normal mean in that sentence? I mean, I know it's translated, but uh, flowing water does not compete for the first pace. The normal mind is the way. Is that the peaceful mind, the at one mind? That's correct. Or the mind of being. The peaceful, joyful mind. The mind of being is a peaceful mind, is peaceful, 
joyful mind. Yeah. Well, I need to say that when I'm with you, I have a peaceful, joyful mind because that energy that eludes eludes from you, comes from you, is very dynamic, even over the internet. And that's what makes me adore you as a great friend and a wonderful improviser and coach and so many other things. And your book is so fantastic. I just love speaking with you. And this was a very deep conversation. I think today, connecting the improv with spirituality, but very important. You know, and I, I always make the distinction that spirituality has nothing to do with the religion. In fact, these forms you spoke of, like Zen and Tao, and they are philosophies. They're not really religions. They're ways of thinking. Absolutely. The very deep conversation, very deep topics. But Margaret, you make it so interesting. And you asked me some questions. We're sharing some quotations here. I believe in our conversation is not so boring. <laughs> we have some meat out there we can share with people. You have a really rich life journey. You have so much to offer from different angles, different disciplines to the audience. Like you bring the therapy, healing, theater practice into improv. All these things are beautiful, beautifully wrapped together. I learned so much from you by talking to you as well, Margot. Well, I think a good improv teacher is always learning. Learning from their students, learning from others. And I learned so much from you. And I'm very grateful we were able to have this second conversation today. You're a wonderful person. Are you connected with a the theater up there or out there? That Do you work in a theater, an th improv theater? Some tech work? Uh, that's right. I was thinking we mentioned that in the first episode, I doing the lighting and sound, the improv sound and lighting in the theater in Bay Area. And that's something I enjoy very much. Yeah, that's right. Hopefully we can get into our improv show online. I know you go on to different shows online, also teaching, performing. I love to be a part with you and do something with you as well, Margot. Well, let's do that the next time we get together on Zoom. How about that? Uh, yes, we can do that. And like for half an hour, or one hour, like we uh, can review the scene and then talk about that. Even we can talk about the scene, how scene linked to the spiritual practice, anything, how we could read it to be linking the life and impact together in the scene, philosophy, spirituality, Zen and Tao. I was thinking that would be a, a wonderful time we're going to spend together. Well, something to look forward to. Well, again, thank you so much for your time today. I'm so grateful for you as a friend, as a colleague, and you are the engineer for my podcast as well. So I really appreciate that as well. Uh, you are doing a wonderful job connecting people from over the world in improv, in different disciplines, into this wonderful improv interviews, podcast. I feel your energy from Florida, the sunshine, beautiful weather out there, your energy. I really appreciate you as a friend, a teacher, a therapist, a model in healing, in improv. I adore you. Well, I adore you too, my friend. Until the next time, namaste. Namaste.
Tag. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoyed the podcast and look forward to you joining us next time on Improv Interviews with Margot Escott.